Yeah, and the Zencaster email sends out real quick now because I, I got your email first and then literally within a second, I got the Zencaster invite. So I'm like, ooh, ooh, update Dang. is actually working. Yeah, good for them. All right, should we get going though? <laughs> Might as well, yeah. All right, welcome to No Hugging, No Learning. It's a show about one thing, watching Curb Your Enthusiasm for the first time. I'm Tim Murphy. And I'm Ted Hollowell. And today we will be watching, uh, or talking about rather, Season 4, Episode 4, The Weatherman. But before that, what's the deal with stuff from our last episode, The Blind Date? Larry starts uh, pontificating when Ben Stiller and Christine Taylor pick him up after blowing his tires on whether yo is a prefix, because it's in a couple of healthy things. He mentions yogurt and yoga, and I think he even stumbles across some others that I forget right now, but... Perhaps I should have uh, looked at the... Wait, I, I did look at the date. Yes. So it was definitely after this. So maybe it was some guy like cribbing Curb Your Enthusiasm, but also he sort of expounds on Larry's hypothesis. Somebody on the MMOchampion.com off-topic forum message board. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Travis B., the light bringer, asked <laughs> in, in 2017 the same question. He said, is yo... And this is, by the way, when you search, is yo a prefix... This is like the top search result. And so it's really the only research that's been done on the matter, probably because it's so stupid. Uh, <laughs> and you need to go to MMOchampion.com. But he, he said yolk. You know, a lot of the vitamins and stuff are in the yolk of the egg. Youth and young, that's typically a good thing to be. He brought up Yoda. And even though, and, and I think um, Larry did too. He's like the guy from Star Wars. And I was like, yeah, that, that's a good point. Because while that was a name invented by George Lucas, we know that he is pulled from earthbound languages in order to make up these alien names that he made up so yoda it, maybe he knew something about yo yodeling it doesn't really fit but some of the people some of the the, the repliers in the thread uh, brought up yolo <laughs> oh my god <laughs> which is a um you know which is a, uh, an acronym but still it, it has the yo in there and it's a good thing and someone brought up yo mama which is not, you know, not helpful. Wasn't helpful, but someone, <laughs> someone brought up the point. I don't know if this is true grammatically, because again, this is mmochampion.com message boards. In order for it to be a prefix, the words would need to have meaning without yo on them. I disagree with that, and maybe we're misusing the word prefix. Like, is yo a a root? I don't know what the the right the correct terminology would be, but I I might agree with that definition of prefix. But yo. Uh, we, so we might be using that word incorrectly, but yeah. So that was a good that was a good thing to point out. Uh, but someone said yogurt is a Turkish word. Yoga is from the Hindi yoga, meaning to join or union. Yolk is believe it or not, yolk is from an old English word giolka, which literally means the <laughs> yellow part. Oh so eventually, giolka just became yolk. And and it literally just means the, that sounds like the most made up one. But I saw that in a couple different places uh, in in my research on this. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say myth plausible. Um, young is from the old English word that was taken from a German word. Young um, youth is a derivative of that same root word. And yodeling is from the German word yodeln with a j j o d e l n. And the Joe part is dialectical German exclamation of joy. So there might be. That's really all I could find on the matter. Like I said, maybe because it's so stupid that actual linguists haven't tackled it. But um, there might be something to the the J the J O. Now, come on, don't <laughs> keep your mind out of the gutter. <laughs> there might be something to the J O 
a being part of youth. And so maybe not all of these words are connected in that way, but some of them certainly might be, especially if yodeling is comes from the word joy. And I don't know. Uh, but to Larry's point, the answer is no. It does seem to be that yoga and yogurt are not really related. And yo is not a prefix or whatever you might call that part of a word that denotes a certain commonality, I guess. Where did we recognize the actors who were possibly, well, the ones that were legitimately mentally challenged, the ones that were not? And I've, so this was in the IMDb trivia for this episode. Three characters from the film, and they say characters, which is interesting. They think that and I mentioned this movie, I Am Sam, where Sean Penn played a mentally challenged mentally challenged character. And um, so they think that I Am Sam takes place in the same universe as Curb Your Enthusiasm. Because they say three oh characters God. from the film I Am Sam <laughs> happen to be in this episode. While one of them says his name is Stanley, which is the same name he had in I Am Sam. That is incorrect because Stanley DeSantis actually played Robert in I Am Sam, not Stanley. Uh, but he says his name is Stanley in Curb Your Enthusiasm. Uh, Brad Silverman and Joe Rosenberg are the only two who are actually mentally challenged. So we know Judah Friedlander is not actually mentally challenged, but Stanley DeSantis also is not mentally challenged uh, in any way, but he plays one on TV, I guess. I, so I did recognize those guys from I Am Sam because I brought up the fact that I had seen them play similar characters before, and, and so they were actually cast in I Am Sam just based on research I think the filmmakers did into you know, trying to make sure that they portrayed people who are mentally challenged in a positive light. Then they found these actors and they and they put them in the movie. And then I guess uh, Larry David ended up with them kind of the same way. I wanted to know what Judah Friedlander was up to around this time in like 2004 in his career. And and he was like pretty much well on his way. Like he was already an established stand-up, but he had been on an Al Franken sitcom called Late Line in 99, which I kind of remember. It was like based on Dateline kind of. It was supposed to be like he was the host of a late night news show or something. Uh, and, and it was the, the behind the scenes of that. Over the 2000s, he had guest roles on several shows. In addition to Curb Your Enthusiasm, he was on Spin City, Flight of the Concords, And he was voices of characters on Wonder Showsen and Xavier Renegade Angel, which has come up before. Uh, he made regular appearances on The Best Week Ever. So another Best Week Ever alum that... Uh, has popped up on the show in 2001 this was his big break i found out and i forgot about this he was the hug guy in the music video for dave matthews band every day do you remember that i do not <laughs> so it was very much like sort of the uh, the early um cardboard sign guy because it was a guy uh, judah freelander was held up a sign that said free hugs and he would like hug he hugged everybody and they, they just oh, that's God. how they made the music video um, and he was recognized for being the hug guy for years after that. Uh, and, and, you know, I guess there's worse things to happen. Well, hopefully it ended before the pandemic, but people used to just like want to give him a hug all the time. So I, that's, that's gotta be a pretty wholesome way to live. Um, <laughs> and the same year he also appeared. So this is again, 2001, he appeared in wet, hot American summer, a very small role towards, towards the very end. But I remember watching that movie and recognizing him. So he was sort of already, oh, and in 2003, he already had gotten critical acclaim playing, Toby Radloff in the movie American Splendor and he was in I forgot about this he was he was in Meet the Parents I remember recognizing him in Meet the Parents in 2000 as with Ben Stiller formerly of Curb Your Enthusiasm this season uh, as the guy who sells Ben Stiller champagne in the the grocery store like the little dollar grocery store or whatever that they go to and that do you, have you ever seen Meet the Parents yeah yeah I yeah have. so he's I remember he you know he's like do you have any you know champagne and he's like we have mums 
And he's like, "Oh, how much is that?" He's like, "It's like five dollars a bottle." He's like, "Oh, I was hoping for something like a, a little more, you know, expensive." He's like, "You could just buy a lot of mums." <laughs> I always love that line. Like, well, if you could, if you want to spend a lot of money, you could just buy a lot of something really cheap. I thought that was funny. Um, so yeah, Judah Friedlander was already, you know, c- kind of recognizable by the time he was on uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm. Oh, here's here was maybe the 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 best uh, homework. The most fruitful homework of the entire week. Jeff is walking into Mel Brooks's office with Larry and says, so last night around 1130, I go to the bathroom to, uh, you know, which, by the way, I, I got to point out how weird that is to, like, be in bed with your wife and get out of bed at, at, at in the middle of the night to go masturbate. It's just such a weird impulse to have. <laughs> Maybe I'm weird for not having, but it just, like, seems so, like, ah. Uh, you mean I'm- you don't do that, Tim? <laughs> oh, great. I am weird. <laughs> um, you yeah, know, it- you, when you wake up in the middle of the night, hard as a rock. <laughs> yeah. And you don't want to go back to sleep. You instead want to get up and, like, get your heart rate going and, and whack it. <laughs> um, yeah, just that, I, I didn't point out how weird that sounded at the time. But I have to now that I'm that we're bringing up this scene again. Like, you know, so last night about 1130. Well, he didn't say he was asleep. He just says that around 1130, I go to the bathroom to, oh, you know. So I guess he, I, I don't know where I, I said that he was asleep. But it just it is it is still weird because, like. The family's home. Susie was maybe Susie was asleep. I don't know. But uh, but so uh, Larry goes, oh, really? And he goes, yeah. And he's like, you got the energy for that at 1130 at night. And Jeff says, I always have the energy for that. Yeah. And then they say what sounded like Ken O'Hara. And I was like, oh, OK, maybe that was like an actor or something who uh, who had a lot of vigor or so, you know, I, I was like, or maybe it was a quote from a mo- an old Ken O'Hara movie, some old actor that we have no idea who it is. And so I looked it up and Ken O'Hara is a Japanese photographer most noted for his series of photographs titled One, in which he presents faces with a standard size and tone, so like super zoomed in and black and white. Uh, but that's not je- what Jeff and Larry were saying at all. That's It's just a coincidence that, this, that there is a real famous person named Ken O'Hara. What they are saying is <laughs> Kane... Wait, let me get the pronunciation right. <laughs> Kane Nahara. Kane Nahara. And that is literally those words. There, it's Yiddish, and literally those words translate as "no evil eye." It's spelled K A I N E I N H O R E H, and it's sort of like the Jewish version of "knock on wood." So, okay. oh, I, I always have the energy for that. Yeah. Oh, knock on wood, right? Like, well, hopefully, we'll always be up for that. <laughs> at and yeah, it means no evil eye. So it's like when you're talking about having good fortune, you say "kane nahara." Uh, to like you know talking about your good fortune attracts the evil eye which loves to mess it up for you and so you say that and the evil eye goes away it 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 really is like saying knock on wood so um mystery solved there i had no idea we learned a little bit of of uh jewish culture uh now let us consult the book that was all the homework uh what were they thinking from the what they were thinking portion of the book in this section? We get a quote from Moon Unit Zappa, who, as we learned at the end of last episode, played Haboos. And she said, shooting happens really fast. And when there's downtime, there's a little unconscious soft shoe that Larry does. He hums and sings and whistles. He's like a crazy broken radio that's picking up stations from wherever. He's humming oldies, classical stuff, whatever. It would be the most eclectic radio station on Earth. So kind of a little interesting window into what Larry's like in real life. And Susie Essman, who plays Susie Green, said, the crew completely changed toward me when I put on that dominatrix outfit. Men are so visual. There are guys that I had worked for for four years 
And all of a sudden, they were all, Susie, can I get you anything? They were around me all the time. They were in heaven. Then I changed out of it and back into regular clothes. And it was though as though I didn't exist. <laughs> uh, and that's all really from the book, because there's just a Larry in action scene where Jeff is telling Larry how he fantasized about Cheryl. So, oh, all right. Yeah, yeah. That's it from the book. <laughs> you may be seated. All right. Uh, do we got any news or anything to bring up? Why do I? I always, I always think of something, and then I'm like, oh, I'll, I'll definitely remember that. And then, then <laughs> you got to start writing stuff down. I know. Uh, oh, I got to put it in my God. notes. Oh well, maybe I, I don't. Maybe, yeah. maybe I just haven't talked much today, but I am just now realizing how bad I sound. <laughs> you sound okay. Uh, I don't notice. Like, yeah, yeah. Who's to lose the ring up? I sound like a fucking old uh, man going through puberty at the same time. <laughs> sometimes it's deep. Sometimes it's high. Sometimes it's deep and sometimes it's squeaky. Uh, yeah. all, right. all right. Well, if you have never listened to us before, we are not a research-heavy show, despite the last 18 minutes and 58 seconds before editing being exclusively uh, research and bullshit. We like to have our questions pop up naturally in the run of the show and assign them to ourselves the week following as though we are giving ourselves homework. I've never seen these episodes before. Tim hasn't seen these episodes before in the last 20 years. If we miss anything, if we egregiously skip over something, please send us an email or send us a tweet. It's at NoHugging on Twitter for the time being. And NoHuggingNoLearningShow at gmail.com. Both those links are in the uh, show description on Apple Podcasts and in the episode description. I think I mixed up how how I say those. We may be starting an Instagram. Maybe. Uh, I... If you have suggestions of what we should make our handle, get those to us on on Twitter or or, oh, or is that Patreon no or, or email. Oh yeah, uh, oh. no hugging is taken. NHNL is taken. Oh. Uh, no hugging, no learning is taken. Fuck um, you, Desiree, for taking yeah. no hugging from us. Yeah, yeah, specifically Ooh, wow. you, Desiree. <laughs> one post you've posted yeah. once. Give us, give it to us. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, one post. How many followers does she have? Like six? 461, actually. So oh, uh, you've got 461 people waiting on your second I, post. But I, I will tell you this. I reached out to the Champagne Video Store, the, the clerks at the Champagne Video Store yeah. on Twitter. And I know they have a, a much higher following on Instagram than they do on Twitter. But I reached out to them on Twitter and said, hey, would you guys be willing to give us a shout out on Instagram if we started a uh, an Instagram. And they're like, yeah, absolutely. I'm like, so, okay, cool. So that's, that's something yeah. anyway. Right. Uh, yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Uh, Instagram coming soon for no hugging, no learning. I don't know what it'll be. You, you know, um, we, we occasionally make the, the headliner, uh, audio clips for Twitter. Uh, I'm, I'm sure there's plenty of memes that we can steal yeah, uh, yeah. and, and, and give credit to, but <laughs> I can't believe so at no hugging no learning has never posted mm-hmm. zero posts zero followers zero following and then there's yeah no underscore hugging underscore no underscore learning and they have four oh. posts all just a black screen yeah all just black and and four posts two followers and zero following who i mean would we, oh, we do one we do better would we have more followers <sighs> and it's from 20 no <laughs> But it's from 2015. Uh, There should really be, and maybe this is a a, a patent pending idea that I can pitch to like social media platforms like this. There should be a marketplace for usernames. Yeah, yeah. And they should. Like you you can make an offer 
on yeah. whoever has the username that you want. And you can accept or decline uh, based on what you think is fair, what you're looking for. Yeah, I think that's good. Or at least, you know, since 2015, like, there should be some sort of cutoff where it's like, all right, we're you taking this back. We're taking years. this. Yeah. Yeah. If you don't post, <laughs> we need this name. Uh, it, especially, like, all of the, like, three and four and five letter usernames. Because every single one is taken, yeah. but they're, they're taken just out of convenience, you know? Yeah. Like, I would love to be just Ted on Instagram. Like, yeah. are you kidding me? That would have been amazing. No, that has to be taken <laughs> by all the smarties doing all their fucking talks. <laughs> oh yeah that's right they got in there uh, early. well hey other than that if you like what you hear please give us a five-star rating and a written review on apple podcasts and spotify you can give us a, a five-star rating on spotify no written reviews which is which is kind of weird if you like us a little bit more than that you can join us over on patreon it's patreon.com slash no hugging where for five bucks a month you can join our awesome community over there of tamara ortiz the guys and the gals over the idiotville podcast john and kathleen murphy tim's mm. uh dad and mom will hall danica Lagorio, and j dog conlord nick kudla don case <laughs> So, Nate Collins and Megan Stolarski. <laughs> was it J-Dog Conlord yeah, that broke you? Yeah, it was. <laughs> I kind of want him to like keep changing it every month. <laughs> every month, every week. I, 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 want, him to, I want him to change it as often as possible. Because <laughs> I, I am like Ron Burgundy. I will read whatever is written here. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, for five bucks a month, you get early access to every single episode uh, including the bonus content. Trying something new over on Patreon where uh, the episode before this one, we did not do two separate releases with the early uh, early version of the episode and then the bonus content. We left all of the bonus content in. It was like an hour and a half. Um, I'm not sure how... I haven't looked at the uh, version going out to the free feed yet. I'm not sure how long it came down to. Tim, do you know? I know you're the one who edited it. Yeah, like, it was it was still over an hour, I believe, but I don't know, like an hour five. I, I don't know. Oh, damn. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So, I, I think that's going to be maybe the way we do things from now on because uh, we got uh, a message from, oh, who was it? It was Nate Collins uh, yeah. who said, uncut, definitely much better than two separate listens. Thanks oh. to both of you. So, Interesting. Yeah. Uh, all right. You know, I mean, it's it's not two things that you have to download and two things that you have to add to your listening queue. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. maybe maybe that's the way that we do things from now on. So again, patreon.com slash no hugging. Only five bucks a month. All that being said. Oh, wait, did I do all this? Uh, yes, I did. All that being said, season four, episode four, The Weatherman. Original air date, January 25th, 2004. And if you are looking at TV Guide that night, you are going to see Larry inadvertently traumatizes the Green's daughter and has a problem with the local weatherman. Oh, my God. Is it bad? It is awful. All right. I know we can make that better at the end because the first part of it is such a tiny, tiny, tiny part of the episode that, yeah, we'll see what we can do. Uh, We start with Larry at the dentist. His dentist, we find out, is Saul Funkhauser. We get the rare first and last name. Maybe it's not so rare, but it, it... it felt like something I, I was like, wow, we know we know everything about this guy. And actually, the episode starts with Larry's face in the chest of the dental hygienist who is like putting, you know, and, and he sort of like feels a little awkward about it. But also you can tell he's he's into boobs. Uh, well, we know he's tit obsessed. <laughs> um, 
but it's still an awkward situation to be in and he doesn't know how much he should be enjoying it maybe that's the vibe but it, while she's like putting uh you know a, a, the bib or on or off or whatever and and uh, she takes some gauze out of his mouth and while he's sort of like licking his mouth and his lips she kind of takes it as flirting and flirts back at him and gives him like a little air kiss as she leaves the room but Saul comes in and he takes a picture of Larry's tooth for insurance purposes and Larry is uh, broke a crown or or lost a crown or something like that which I don't really know what it means what that what that means but I guess is the situation here that he had a crown put over like a a really nasty tooth and that's what fell off and that's what the guy is is getting a picture of is that it um i don't know honestly yeah. <laughs> I, I have no clue we know uh, you know but like it's, it's a, it's a polaroid yeah it, 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 but like there's no way you're gonna be able to tell what is on this photo uh, no no way so, like hey we're just gonna we're, we're not gonna put any light shining into your mouth we're just gonna put this <laughs> camera with the flash not pointing into your mouth by the way yeah just right down your throat and, and just prove that you were here. I, I don't know what that is supposed to prove for yeah. insurance purposes. Like it's 2004, not the sixties. <laughs> there is x-ray technology. There yeah. is a way to do photos with your machines, not a fucking Polaroid. There's even digital cameras. I had a digital camera in like 2002, yes. I'll say. Yeah. <laughs> it was funny. I was just talking about it this week. I was because we were talking about, you know, camera phones or whatever and, and who's to use for something. And I was like, I remember my first digital camera was three megapixels. And that was like <laughs> the top. I remember telling my mom when like because I wanted it for Christmas or something. And I was like, it's got to be at least three megapixels. OK, that's the best right now. And I'm like, oh my gosh! And now it's like, now it's like the front is more than three, I think, and the front is yeah, awful. the front is going to be like fifteen <laughs> or twenty now, <laughs> and everything else is like a gigapixel. Um, <laughs> and I'm like, it's got to be three. Ugh, damn it, mom, you got me the two and a half. What am I supposed to do with two and a half megapixels? <laughs> no, she got me the three. She got me the three. Yeah. So, but but that existed still, and it would have given you something better than a grainy Polaroid that's going to be red and black. It's going to be a red and black blob. Uh, you're exactly right. <laughs> um, I mean, it's maybe the points that I have about this later on. Maybe yeah. I'm answering my own question here yeah. uh, about yeah. the the points that I'll be. bring up later on, but. It, it is just going to look like a kind of a fleshy blob. Yeah. Um, but he, he takes that picture and he is glad that Larry has RSVP'd yes to his Uncle Leo's testimony. And I'm like, Uncle Leo? Hello! Uh, it's just weird that Larry went to the Uncle Leo. Like, that uncle could have been named anything. Yeah. But he picked an <laughs> yeah. uncle already in his universe. And Larry does not want to roll up his sleeve for a sedative shot that the doctor has to give him because the sleeve will lose its elasticity. And instead of waiting for Larry to take it off, the doctor gets in a big old huff and instead roll like because, you know, he's called away for an important phone call and he's got too much going oh, on. So God. he just pulls up Larry's sleeve uh, and gives yeah, him the sedative I, shot. Another odd thing about the dentist. What dentist is giving you a sedative in your arm? Yeah. <laughs> Like, and they sort of what? touch on this because Larry, um, the gas like made him throw up, so he he can't be knocked well, out with the gas. Yeah. Well, yes, but anytime I, I've had to get a sedative, I've never had gas. Well, no, I've had gas once when I had my wisdom teeth yeah. uh, taken out. Yeah. Every time else uh, that I've needed to have like you know a a crown or or a cavity filled, it's been a shot into my gums, not yeah. into my fucking arm. Yeah, my my guess is that you know what what that would be is Novocaine. And what yeah. this is is literally like tranquilizer. You know, literally I, like I, it will not it will knock you out like the gas, you know, and you'll be I, I, unconscious. 
I guess, but yeah. my God. <laughs> I've heard of this, and maybe it started being big around this time, but like sedation dentistry. Like, I, I, I know of it, I think, just from being in radio and hearing radio commercials for it. It's like, if you're scared of the dentist or or you have a, an allergy or whatever like Larry does, you can go to sedation dentistry, and, and even for your cleaning, they'll, like, knock you out. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that uh, sounds awful. So that's what I thought, too, when, when he was putting in his arm. I was like, that's just going to make his arm numb, you idiot. But I think he was literally getting... <laughs> I think he was literally getting knocked out. Um, <laughs> it would have been funny. Like, all right, here's where the Novocaine goes. What? I just can't move my arm. Ah, and I'm in horrible pain. <laughs> I, I can't move my arm and my mouth hurts? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and but he, So he rolls it up and he does ruin the cuff. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, 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 will, I will give Larry credit on this. He was, I'm a, he was totally right. I'm on Larry's side a lot in this episode. He is, you know... Larry is not wrong for a lot of sometimes you know people are mad at Larry and it's justified it's not justified through a ton of this episode this is one of them where I would be just as pissed because I hate when my when like my sleeve gets all loose you know Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's the worst and so he is talking to another hygienist who says that the doctor has been very stressed because his dad has Hodgkins and Larry's like well I think I think he has the good Hodgkins right (laughs) <laughs> and the woman goes, I don't think there's a really a good Hodgkins. And this was one of my favorite lines of the episode when Larry goes, I'm not saying it's a great Hodgkins. I'm saying it's the good Hodgkins. <laughs> I didn't say it was the great Hodgkins. Yeah. What is what type of Hodgkins does Larry think it is? I I don't know, but and, and maybe it's from Curb. I, I bet it is. I bet I'm like, no, I've heard this somewhere, and I bet it's this exact episode of Curb because um, I think it comes <laughs> up again, the, the good Hodgkins versus the bad Hodgkins. But we'll do a little pre-homework because I think it comes back up as the episode, as um, the season goes on. But I'll Google good Hodgkins and, and see if there is a difference because I think there is one that's not as terminal or whatever as another one so i but but again maybe i learned that from larry david who is making it up in in this episode during this season at home larry upsets his dad by telling him that he pees sitting down and you know because he asked him to put the seat down after he goes to the bathroom at his house because larry pees sitting down he started doing it because he didn't want to turn on the light to go to the bathroom at night and then he just uh does it all the time he enjoys the the rest and it's more relaxing and and he can sit down and so he just he's sitting down and his dad is very disappointed him uh the garlands cheryl comes down and mentions are having a dinner party for the Funkhausers, and and this because uh, they're they have a bunch of relatives coming into town and stuff like that people from russia and ted danson's going to be there and uh, with mary and and larry mentions that uh, he said he would take care of ted danson's dog while they go on a trip and uh, he's, he's kind of looking forward to it and i don't know when this happens but they're on the ride over to the dinner party and i'm like was this an immediate dinner party or was this is this days later we don't <laughs> I, really I, get... was, <laughs> I was thinking it was days later because i i wrote into my notes something about uh dinner party this weekend so yeah, I, i'm kind of uh, okay. picturing that larry was at the dentist maybe on like i don't know tuesday or wednesday yeah you don't normally get a time jump like that with that explanation yeah in, in a sitcom so it's always kind of weird it's like oh they're having a dinner party tonight and everyone's already going <laughs> like wow damn <laughs> in a couple hours and they really threw this thing together but yeah it does something seem like something that had to would have to have been planned uh so on the ride over cheryl brought the mail and she opens a letter from dr funkhauser and she screams because it includes a graphic and disgusting picture of larry's tooth 
the aforementioned Polaroid, <laughs> and she is scarred for life. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, she she freaks out like it's a dead body, which yeah. I was wondering when I was watching this. It, it's it's a photo of Larry's mouth, but again, coming back to my answer prior to my question from earlier on, it just kind of looks like a fleshy mass, probably. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, it could look like a stab wound or something, I guess. I don't know. Uh, I, we don't really know what, what it looks like under or, you know, in, in Larry's mouth. So, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be dirty. It's going to be disgusting and, and body colored and, and moist, uh, the picture. So she is she's just scarred. And she, I, I like the line that's in your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> like Larry's not getting any for a long time after that. You know, it's that's what I got from that one little line. <laughs> like, oh, my God. <laughs> Over at Jeff and Susie's, Larry is enjoying talking to the Russian relatives, and he really likes talking through a translator. So he talks to the wife, and then the and and, the, and then the wife translates it for the husband, and and vice versa to, to talk to Larry. So they all can kind of converse until the Russian relative demands to try on Larry's glasses. And Larry's also kind of disgusted that this guy is in bare feet walking around. Jeff's house and he he likes it because it feels like home and it makes it more comfortable and but but yeah it, it, it all goes south when the guy like lunges at Larry and tries to grab his glasses to try them on yeah which has, a little yeah, little weird <laughs> very weird and as a glasses wearer again I'm totally on Larry's side on this one it's like oh I, I mean that's like asking for somebody's let me try your prosthetic leg or what yeah like, <laughs> if these break you don't I can't get home like you don't understand, obviously. Like it's it's consider it my eyeball. Like just say just they're they're one and the same because one is useless without the other. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I I totally am with Larry on this. Like just don't touch the glasses. Larry, meanwhile, starts petting Oscar a little bit later, which Susie sees as sexual. She thinks Larry is getting a yeah a, a big old beat gay from their dog. Yeah, because that's the first thing I would think if I see someone petting a dog. That, yeah. That's the absolute first thing I would think of. Not, oh, my dog is going over. This guy's petting him. Another instance where Larry is right and Susie is the perverted one. Like the fact mm -hmm. that she's like, there's something wrong with you, Susie, that you're like, you think he was getting blown by the dog in, in the middle of a dinner party. Like, yeah, I mean, I know you don't think very highly of Larry, but it's just that. Yeah, that seemed, that either, seemed weird either that important. or like mix that with uh, she sees Larry standing up and fixing his pants because, I mean, he's he's sitting down. They're yeah. bunched up. Yes. You know, you, you stand up, you, you kind of like fix yourself because everything's bunched up. Yeah. Yeah. You just pull and, everything and maybe down maybe and, yeah. she thought like, oh, well, just petting the dog made Larry hard. Yeah. Yeah. What a fucking weirdo. Yeah. No, there's something wrong with Susie. And this felt this felt very forced. This felt like a forced storyline, which I am never mm -hmm. a big fan of uh, in Curb. And all of that, I guess I could have done without if it like what did it it, it equals something later. But but it, you could have deleted the whole thing and the episode would have been the same. It's weird. But Larry you know, Larry was talking to Jeff earlier about how the guy's feet, he's like, I've got to look at this guy's feet all dinner. And, and Jeff's like, oh, they'll be under the table. But as dinner starts, Larry's sitting next to the guy and he has a full view of the guy's feet the whole, the whole time. Uh, meanwhile, Sammy, S uh, Jeff and Susie's daughter, steals Larry's shoe and runs off with it for some reason. And we finally, Curb fans will be glad, four seasons in, we meet Marty Funkhauser, the, <laughs> the great Bob Eisenstein, something like that. It looks like Einstein, but uh, I know him as, oh, it is Einstein, Bob Einstein. I remember him before I watched Curb as Super Dave Osborne, a sort of parody of Evil Knievel, who's, tri who's um, 
whose stunts always uh, went awry, and he had a, a even a, a cartoon. It was the, it was that weird time in pop culture when a stuff for adults would be made into stuff for kids for no reason. Like RoboCop is a, is like a, a an ultra violent dystopian action movie, and they made a cartoon of it and action figures. And like, and there was a, a police academy cartoon and action figures, even though that also was like a raunchy <laughs> sex comedy. And and Super Dave, who kind of got his start, I think, in like you know being on like Letterman and stuff, like real late night television, kind of maybe like SNL skits. Like he's sort of this this guy who had this shtick, and he would pop up. And then they made a Saturday morning Super Dave Osborne cartoon, and I, I never knew why they did stuff like that. Um, it, it it was always it was just a you know. A thing of its of its time in the nineties is like eh, adults like it. Let's make one for kids. And so I, this guy is going to be a, a staple in Curb from now on. So uh, very glad that he's finally here. And he announces to the table in a roundabout way that Larry has plaque. Uh, it's of course Saul's brother, and he's like, "There's this toothbrush that you can try because I, I know you have plaque." And Larry's like, "What are you talking about? I, I don't have plaque." He's like, "You're you know the hygienist told me that you have plaque." And Larry is just now you know his privacy has been breached, kind of the same way that people found out he went to the U2 concert. Him having plaque gets the same reaction from him, and I. I love the line when he goes, let's have a plaque. I'll have a plaque contest. I'll have a plaque contest with you anytime right now. And, and, and Marty leans into it. And I think gets the better of Larry David, the actor when he's like, I'll have a plaque contest. (laughs) And, uh, and you see Larry chuckle a little bit at that, that he, that he yes ended it. But then that sort of blows over. Larry's still upset, but they start trading golf tips. Marty is about to give a great tip that he got from a weatherman when Sammy screams at the top of her lungs because she found the picture in Larry's jacket. Digging through Larry's jacket, she found a picture of the tooth, and she's been traumatized. Yeah, so so naturally, Larry's Larry's the bad guy for, uh, you know, having something in his jacket pocket yeah. inside of an envelope. Yeah, nowhere, like, thrown down and folded over and in an envelope, mm-hmm. in a pocket of his jacket. And yeah, and then Susie, of course, blames everything on him. Yeah, not not even one comment of Sammy. Why are you digging in this guy's jacket? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And where's his shoe? They won't let Larry leave with his shoe. Yeah, <laughs> so, Larry so, did nothing wrong in yeah. this episode. Is is what we're getting at? Essentially. I think you'd be hard pressed to find something he does do wrong. This is this is all like very mis like misunderstanding situation. Sometimes Larry does hold a a position that is wrong and and he's treated badly for it, treated poorly for it. That's a good um, synopsis. Larry makes an incorrect decision and is treated poorly for it. Oh, I can't wait for that episode. (laughs) Uh, But this is not one of those episodes. You could not use that synopsis on this episode. Because at home, he's watching a, I have to mention, a Pete Steinfeld infomercial. And Pete Steinfeld is the brother, not of Jerry Seinfeld, uh, but of Jake Steinfeld, who, if you grew up in the uh, 90s, you know, Body by Jake. You know, he came up with these, like, workout plans and, and diets and stuff like that. So Pete Steinfeld was, like, the they, the less famous Steinfeld brother who sort of traded on the name uh, in his own infomercials. But guess what? Can you guess the, uh, the, the famous offspring of Pete Steinfeld? Who? Haley Steinfeld. Oh, shit. Okay. That's exactly <laughs> what I said. I was like... No way. Oh, <laughs> all wild. right. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was like, that That cannot be, but it be. I was like, wow. I, I, I don't know why I, you know, it, it's just one of those things that it reminded me when I 
when I found that out, I was like, never ask Haley Steinfeld why her parents' names are blue on Wikipedia. Because <laughs> she just seemed to appear out of nowhere in True Grit. And I was like, wow, she's brilliant. Like, what a rags to riches story. Like, no, her dad was a no, famous it was, it was, uh, celebrity a, a trainer. Ri- a, a riches to continued riches yeah. story. <laughs> like, her dad <laughs> trained a bunch of actors. Uh, I know Jake, Jake, I think, trained... Harrison Ford on the Indiana Jones movies or something like that. So like they, you know, they were connected, you know, it's like, it's literally that story you hear out of Hollywood. It's like, oh yeah, my, oh, my trainer's got a kid. She wants to act. Uh, okay. I mean, we'll give her an audition, whatever. But like that opens a huge door for you, you know, <laughs> like not to take anything away from Haley Steinfeld because if she wasn't brilliant, like True Grit is, is awesome. And I think she's done a lot of good work since, but um, uh, yeah, more in music now these days. I, I wish she, I, I guess she does a lot of acting, but well, yeah, um, she, I mean, she was in uh, Hawkeye. She's she's oh, the yeah. new uh, oh, she's Kate damn, Bishop right. in the MCU yeah. now. I forgot, and I loved that. Yeah, so I was I was very glad to see her in that. But True Grit and then Ender's Game, I thought were were a great one two punch to kick off her her career. But yeah, I forgot she's the new the Hawkeye. So I, I did love that. But Larry is ranting while he's watching this infomercial to Cheryl about the eve- everything that went wrong with the evening. And Cheryl though is sick from Susie's cooking, and Larry watches the weather report and the weatherman says it's going to rain just thunderstorm non-stop tomorrow it's going to be an awful day and it's at that point that and, jeff called he yeah. even says he even says oh yeah for all you golfers <laughs> out there better be doing something else yeah don't go <laughs> golfing yeah uh, and it's at that point that jeff calls to cancel the golf and, and larry's like he's been wrong before and and jeff's like no nah, i don't know it, it, why bother and he's like look um, i'm just gonna stay home with sammy yeah, Sammy's pretty traumatized. <laughs> Sammy's not doing well after seeing the picture. Um, but I agree with, like, I would never cancel something like that the day before. You can always do it the morning of. Larry's like, let's wake up in the morning and see. And Jeff's like, nah, I, any, you know, anyway, I have to stay home with Sammy. And so let's just call it off right now. Yeah, she's, um, uh, she's, she's been inadvertently traumatized. Yeah. Yeah, it's her own fault, if you ask me. Jeff should feel free <laughs> to do whatever he wants, but. Uh, later, uh, in the middle of the night, Larry goes to use the bathroom and he falls in the toilet because Cheryl left the seat up when she was trying to make herself throw up Susie's cooking. And so Larry falls in and this was great from off screen. I, I love this cause he's like I'm soaking wet. I hurt my, my back, back and I'm soaking wet. <laughs> <laughs> Just so well delivered. It, it's like he's doing a voice whenever yeah. his back is hurt, but like, I can't, I can't. <laughs> pinpoint what voice he's doing you know yeah, yeah me neither i i agree it sounded very character like soaking wet hurt my back <laughs> and i'm soaking wet <laughs> it was a, such a funny read um, or probably not a read i mean it's it's all improv so the next morning it is of course a, a beautiful day i mean just one of those classic la sunny days and larry the the cogs start turning and larry hypothesizes that the weatherman bases his forecast on clearing out all the golf courses so he can golf without anybody in the way. And so he immediately leaves and he, oh, he, he didn't sleep very well. You know, his, his back still hurts from falling in the toilet and, and he didn't sleep very well. And he heads right to the golf course with a cane where he talks to Chuck, obviously one of the dudes who works at the golf course, who tells Larry that, yeah, the course is empty, but the weatherman is there with Dr. Funkhauser, and <laughs> this became a great runner during the episode because Chuck goes, what's with the cane? And Larry goes, I fell in the toilet. And then he, like, storms <laughs> off, 
And again, another great delivery of that. Like, you know, he's like all business. He's like fell in the toilet. He said it like a grizzled detective would say, like, ah, it took a slug in the arm. It's like he says it with that same <laughs> <laughs> fell in the toilet. And then he, he storms off with his cane. And when, and when he's like walking with the cane is also a funny. It's funny physical work from Larry, who, you know, you don't you don't peg as a physical comedian. You know, he's very brainy, but he's, he's doing some good work here. Uh, maybe he got some um, Michael Richards lessons or something like that. Kane, <laughs> our, my walk with a cane consultant. So Larry goes down and confronts the weatherman and Dr. Funkhauser, who just laugh it off. He's being, oh, yeah, right, Larry. You're being ridiculous. And we get a, a, um, a sort of a, a running gag regarding a part of Larry's personality because the guy goes, first of all, I'm not a weatherman. I'm a meteorologist. And when anybody tries to, we as we know, like move above their station in Larry's eyes. Oh, oh, sorry, meteorologist. <laughs> um, he, so they're like, you're, you're being ridiculous. And, and so he also lays into the doctor while he's there and, and in a huff that you look, look at my sleeve. It is all I like that. He's still wearing the shirt to make a point. He's like, look, you, look at my sleeve. It's all loose because you pulled it up. He's like, and also you mailed me that picture. I don't need that picture. And everybody saw it. And it's disgusting. And and uh, so he's he's laid into both of them. He's made his case. And he starts sauntering off with his cane. And the way the weatherman makes fun of him, both of them, I think, yell something. But he, as he is, uh, is... One of them yells like, the barn's on fire. The, the barn's, barn's on, on fire. Because <laughs> Larry, in his, his pained voice, is just complaining about so many things things yeah all at one time and when he's walking off he's walking like an old grizzled farmhand you know like or a, or, a pro, or yeah. an old prospector yeah. or something and so the bond's on fire the bond's on fire <laughs> like so they do that sort of old man voice uh, as he as he runs off and as larry's leaving he runs into ted and ted is like oh you know what you don't need to take care of our dog anymore we're gonna be boarding the dog and larry's like oh okay interesting uh, did you talk to Susie today and and Ted sort of dodges the question about that, but it's pretty clear to Larry that that Susie's been telling everybody that you know Oscar that he uh, he forced Oscar to blow him or something, which is still again <laughs> messed up on Susie's part. Uh, over at Jeff's, they have this was the best conversation about the toilet because again Jeff's like opens the door, first question, what's with the cane? I think he did the same thing to Ted because uh, Ted asked what's with the cane. Everyone asked him what's with the cane, and he goes, oh, you know, I fell in the toilet. And he's like, you sit down to pee. And they get in the funniest conversation about it because Larry's like, oh, I can, I, you know, I can relax. I can read. And and Jeff's like, what are you reading? And he's like, if I go to the bathroom 20 times a day, I've read the whole New York Times. And Jeff's like, <laughs> 20 times a day? <laughs> Jesus Christ. I know. And then Larry goes, well, you're peeing on your shoes. I'm learning something. That was... <laughs> That was so hilarious to me. And what makes you think I'm peeing on my shoe? It was such a good back and forth between them. Um, you, you, did you catch uh, Susie yelling down to Jeff, asking him who's there? And yeah. he yells up, it's Larry. And uh, I forget their housekeeper's name. What's their housekeeper's name? Oh, uh, I forget. Uh, but she yells to the housekeepers, like, put Oscar in the room and close the door now. Yeah, yeah. And Marty Funk I don't, Hauser, I, don't, I don't want this man to come upstairs and force our dog to blow him. I know. Like, they've had that dog already for years or whatever, and mm -hmm. and now she thinks Larry all of a sudden is into bestiality. It's like the dumbest. It really is. It's just it's just a poorly conceived... I, I hate blaming Susie for it, because I just want to go... I just want to go outside of the show and, and just blame Larry for writing it, because I'm like, you yeah. could have done better. And we didn't need <laughs> it, right? Like, what does the Ted Danson dog storyline add to this episode? <laughs> could you delete the whole thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. And the episode would be fine. 
If not better, yeah. It, it has nothing to do with the rest of the episode. Totally on un- Except, well, no, it doesn't even have to do with that. Um, because, okay, l- let me skip to the the end of this scene. Not skip to the end, but but move through the scene and, and, uh, and then make the point. But Marty Funkhauser is there, and the weatherman just got off the phone with Marty and said, don't tell Larry my tip. And so Marty is not going to tell him <laughs> the tip. Something else that Larry hates, someone withholding information that he feels, as we learned in the last episode, someone withholding information that he feels he's uh, entitled to. Um, and Marty, by the way, is he's feeling a little bad, too, because of Susie's cooking. But Larry asked Susie if she talked to Ted today. And she's like, oh, yeah, he called to apologize for not being at the party. And then we get a classic Larry stare down. The first in a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, to see if she's telling the truth. But she goes to get the sneaker, which Oscar chewed up. And I say that the same thing could have happened without the dog storyline. She could have said Oscar tore it up and it would be like, womp, womp, womp. You know, same reaction. Like, oh, that's uh, just my luck. You know, just another classic bad luck Larry scenario. And it, we didn't need the the dog boarding at all. And I say this, maybe it comes back up in, in later episodes, but it never does. These storylines that we don't need never come back <laughs> up again. <laughs> back at home, this to me was one of the weirdest parts of the episode because the weatherman is like, ah, and it's going to be a beautiful day tomorrow, especially if you're headed to Uncle Leo's testimonial. I'm like, Jesus, what, what? the? You're talking to the largest city or the second, <laughs> you know, the largest well, city to, in the, on the West fair, Coast. He, he doesn't say Uncle Leo's testimonial. Yeah. He, says, he does say Leo. Hey, if if you're going to Leo Funkhauser's testimonial, yeah, like, but still, that, it, it doesn't make any more sense. Than, I, like I, you're you're I, talking to a, a city you, of ten, a hundred million people or whatever. I'll tell you what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna buy a fucking phone book down here, and yeah. I'm gonna go on air every <laughs> single day. And whenever I'm doing the weather, I'm just gonna say it's gonna be bright and sunny, especially if you're going to Susie <laughs> Susie Walker's promotion party today. Yeah, and that one person, that one time, is just gonna stare at their radio and go, "Holy shit, what did he just say?" But I would venture to say that you could do that, and and College Station is not Los Angeles, but you could do that where <laughs> you live and never hear from the person. You know, like you could do, like, oh, I'm gonna do that at the 7:20 weather every day. I'm gonna say it's gonna be a beautiful day, especially if you're Susie Jones. And you would change the name every single day, and no one would ever call you and say, "Why did you say my name?" Even in a even in a community like this, yeah, you know, the yeah. size of the one you live in, it's not L.A. And he's like, "If you're going to Leo Funkhauser's testimonial, not even well, yeah. not even just name, like name and activity." <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, why are you saying that on a newscast? Like. That goes out to, again, yeah, like 100 million people or however many people. I'm probably lowballing it. It was just Mm. mind-boggling to me that, yeah, that he did that. But... But he predicts it's going to, you know what? The rain's coming in on Sunday. It's going to rain on Sunday. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you were highballing it a little bit. Uh, 3.849 million people. That's it? Maybe that's would just you say, in the city. Would you say 100 million? Yeah. Tim, that's that's a third of the country. <laughs> Oh, well. <laughs> a, a third of the country isn't living in one city. Well, I mean, what about the metro? Okay, wait, here we go. Oh, I still highballed it. Uh, the current <laughs> metro area population is 12.5 million. The, the, the whole population of California is only 39 <laughs> million. Yeah, all right. So I don't know math, all right? It's not my strong suit. Um, but yeah, so I was just, uh, what, um, 80, 88 million off? That's not bad. 
The population. Uh, okay, this is the population of New York City. Let me yeah. see New York State because I'm thinking like New York State population is. Uh, if you take if you take the <laughs> state population of New York and the state population of California, you're still a little over half of what you highballed for the okay, city right. of Los Angeles. You want to do one more? You want to? Let's let's throw Texas in there. Let's throw Texas in there. Texas is pretty big, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay, Texas uh state of Texas population is 29.53. Okay, we're getting closer. We're at like 80 we're we're high 80s now. So, the entire state of California, the entire state of New York, and the entire state of Texas puts us around high 80 million. <laughs> Should we throw state of Florida in there too? I, I guess. <laughs> Why not, man? You get us to 100. I'm trying to get to 100. Florida state. Okay, hey, we did it. Okay, throwing Florida, this the entire state of Florida, the entire state of Texas, the entire <laughs> state of New York, and the entire state of California puts us just a little bit over the estimate that you had for the <laughs> for singular city of Los Angeles, population-wise. I'm bad at <laughs> estimating. I'm bad at estimating. <laughs> Don't ask me to estimate like even even cra- like if I'm in a crowd, if I'm in a crowd and they're like, oh, how many people were there? Like, I don't uh, know. I don't know. Five thousand. What, what am I? Rain man. Yeah. Like five thousand and one hundred look the same to me. I'm like, I don't don't ask me <laughs> like people asking, like, how many people work in your office? I'm like, I don't know. A million. <laughs> like, don't know. What do you want me to count? I don't know. Jeez. <laughs> I really, I really thought I was like, I thought I was in the ballpark. I'll admit, but yeah, because I guess I forgot how many. Like, there's 20 million people in New York City metro area, and uh, and less obviously in in the LA metro area. But still, it is a weird thing to be talking about an event that 100 people were at. I don't, I, I can't even estimate the size of the crowd that ends up at the Funkhauser testimonial. Also, what's a testimonial? Why haven't we talked about that yet? Yeah, again, what was this party? Something two two Gentiles have no idea about. Uh, I'm, you know, just assuming it's something Jewish. So we'll find it, out what a testimonial is j- next. Just time. going from like the the context of the party, it yeah. seemed kind of like an anniversary of when you enrolled in this country club. That's true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like, oh, oh boy. Well, okay, congratulations. <laughs> yeah. What is a testimonial? I, I, don't know, I don't know exactly what we're celebrating. Yeah. I've, I have no idea, but we'll find out. We'll find out what a testimonial is. <laughs> if I was going to guess as a Gentile again, that it's like maybe some sort of anniversary of your bar mitzvah. You know, if I was going to, it seemed like something Jewish. <laughs> so uh, that's my guess. But again, I have no idea. We'll find out next week. But the weatherman predicts after Leo's beautiful testimonial that he's telling 100 million people about that he predicts rain on Sunday. Rain's going to start on Sunday and continue through Monday. Uh, at the testimonial, Larry is anti-name tag. He doesn't want to put a name tag on, even though everybody's wearing them, because it'll ruin his suede jacket. But once again, Saul takes the initiative and rips it off and puts it on his jacket. So he's got this sticker on his suede jacket now, which, again, I'd be very pissed about. You don't fuck around with suede, but Saul doesn't care. Uh, and Larry goes in, and, and they're not sitting at the same table with Jeff and Susie. And again, I agree with Jeff and Susie. Like, uh, p- they, they always do this. They want us to mingle with people we don't know. If you're throwing a party, 
nobody wants to do that shit. Nobody come, no one's going to your wedding or your testimonial wherever to meet new people. Okay. Let them sit with the people they know. Everyone will thank yeah. you for it. Yeah. Uh, and so Larry's like, oh, I'll just move these name tags. Who cares? But he is reprimanded by Jenny, uh, who is supposed to be sitting in those seats and does not want to move. Uh, but by the way, did you recognize Jenny as Betsy from Seinfeld? Season 8, episode 11, The Little Jerry. She plays no. the the warden or some sort of administrator at the prison where George's girlfriend is in oh the episode where he God. goes to, to check out the <laughs> the prison that they're helping fund the library for or whatever um, the, the foundation is. So, yeah, I was like, wait a second. She was on Seinfeld. I got you. <laughs> there's um there's another woman in this episode who is in something that uh, uh, my lovely wife pointed out to me. I'll I'll, I'll throw it back Ooh. to that reference whenever we get to her again. Okay. Jenny, by the way, also heard that Larry has plaque and Larry is very upset about that. He confronts the weatherman about the tip again and wanting, you know, he's like, did you tell your brother not to give me the tip? And so he's very upset about that. <laughs> And Larry is is going golfing Sunday because he's on to the weatherman's little trick. He's like, "Oh, I'm going golfing." He's like, "Oh, good luck. Bring a slicker because it's gonna be it's gonna be wet. You're gonna be it's gonna be raining." And Larry's <laughs> like, "Yeah, right." Uh, Larry is so the the ceremony kind of starts and and uh, Marty is giving a little tribute speech about his uh, dad, and Larry is sitting next to the translator and her Russian husband, and she's translating the speech as it's going on and like completely talking over, it, and Larry can't hear. And so he's getting very upset about it. Meanwhile, he looks over and sees the hygienist from the dentist who, again, like licks her lips and flirts with him. And Tim, it's yeah. this hygienist yeah. who was the mom on Wizards of Waverly Place. Oh, my gosh. Wow. I never. I mean, she just would have gone by. I'm so glad Grace was watching with you. Wow. How about that? Yeah. And her, her name, I think, is Delilah or something in, in the show. Here. I think yeah, I think you're right. Maybe we're on to something though. Maybe this little storyline will continue with the 10th anniversary present still on the table. Larry does take the sticker off his jacket. It does leave a huge mark on his jacket. And he starts like a silent argument with Saul yeah, up on and, the dais. And this is uh this is the thing that I had written in my notes. Uh Larry takes off the name tag and unlike anybody else ever, the name tag ruins his jacket. Because <laughs> uh, of course, of course this only happens to Larry. Yeah. Yeah, I've had things like this happen before where, you know, you take a sticker off of maybe a piece of clothing, maybe, you know, maybe it'll it'll wash out, but this is suede. Like, how are you going to wash that out? And, and you know, you can't see it, but then dirt sticks to it in the shape of the sticker and you're like, ah, so even if it doesn't leave a little piece yeah. of paper, it leaves... <laughs> It leaves stickiness on on your clothes or, or, or whatever you put the sticker on, and and yeah. So I, I think again, Larry is right about this, and and Saul should not have taken it upon himself to put the sticker on. Larry shushes the translator because he can't hear, and that starts a big argument that I appreciated on the level. I think it took me a second to realize what Larry was doing, but he's having an argument with the Russian guy through the translator, and I thought that was was pretty funny. <laughs> Maybe not in like a, a laugh out loud haha way, but a, a, a that's pretty funny kind of way. Uh, like just, just saying that's pretty just, funny. Just remarking, yeah, remarking. And, and whether or not it's funny. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's pretty funny. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Uh, yeah. And and it gets physical once again. And Larry in, in tussling with the Russian guy, his back seizes up again and he can't. It's at that moment that everyone starts a standing ovation for Leo and he can't uh, he can't stand up, and it's a fact that everybody notices that Larry is not standing up for the ovation for Leo. Uh, after that, so everyone's upset with Larry, and after that, 
out on the golf course the next day. Larry and Stu are golfing in just driving rain, and Frolic starts <laughs> up, and that is the end of the episode. Oh, boy. All righty. Yes. What do we got for homework this week? Um, good Hodgkins. Is there a good Hodgkins? <laughs> is there a and, good Hodgkins? And, and what is a testimonial? Okay. Uh, what yeah. do you like for cover art this week? Man, I, I remembered there was something I liked, and I... Oh, maybe Larry walking with the cane? That could be pretty funny, because uh, I liked his little, like, Ebenezer Scrooge-ish kind of, <laughs> of gait that he had. What are you thinking? Um, maybe Larry with the dog? <laughs> Larry with the dog, yeah. Or Larry get, or the, the dentist with the camera in Larry's mouth might be a good one. Oh, yeah, the Polaroid right up to his face. Yeah, yeah. that'd be fun. That'd be a fun one. <laughs> um, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll see what I can do. Yeah. Uh, let's see what we can do about this week's description, though. Okay, all right. So we had... Larry inadvertently traumatizes the Green's daughter and has a problem with the local weatherman. <sighs> okay. What really happens all turns around this celebration. And the dentist, really. I mean, that does have something to do with it, but traumatizing Jeff's daughter is not it. This is a tough one. So the weatherman and the tip and the suspicious forecast. The Man, I don't know. This really is an episode about nothing. Stuff happens, <laughs> but like, I'm, I'm going to have to go to IMDb on this one. And see what they okay. said, you know? Let's uh, let's pull the IMDb description. Larry suspects the weatherman is deliberately delivering inaccurate forecasts. Plus, he manages to scare everyone with images of his tooth plaque. Oh, and that's, that's no better. That's not oh, perfect. My, if we were to take a drink every time plaque is mentioned in this episode, <laughs> yeah. we would be dead. Larry, be questions, Larry questions the weatherman's ability to manipulate the media so he can have the country club to himself. That's not much better. Um, but I, I don't hate that. Like, Larry... Larry believes a weatherman is manipulating his forecasts, and the the toilet has a little bit to do with it because with his back and everything. I, I I'm at a loss, kind of. I'm kind of at a loss here. All right, so let's just start from let's just start with what we have and, yeah. and work from there. Larry inadvertently traumatizes the Green's daughter and has a problem with the local weatherman. I mean, a problem. The problem with the local weatherman is fine to me. As is. Do we just want to drop the? Do we just want to drop Sammy and just go with Larry has a problem with the local weatherman? Larry has a problem with the local weatherman. Yeah, honestly, yeah. <laughs> just to, just because I can't think anymore about it. it it's just so stupid that yeah. it has broken our brains on yeah. on how to make it better. This really, I mean, this is a scene about nothing. I mean, this is a, an episode about nothing. And I mean, okay, here's this isn't bad right here because I feel like we could work this in. Like people are. Ooh, maybe that. So people are shocked at Larry's. Larry shocks people with his teeth and his preference in the bathroom. How about that? <laughs> Larry has a problem with the local weatherman, <laughs> and I don't know, ends up or and and shocks people with his teeth and bathroom preferences. What do you think of that? <laughs> I I mean, it is better than what we got. It's still not great. I, I agree. Something. <laughs> <laughs> if only because there's not one big event in this. It really is just like maybe the closest to an episode of Seinfeld that we've gotten. Yeah, it's um it it's an episode. That's yeah. that's for sure. <laughs> All right. Uh are, are are we settled on that then? I, I think I think that's fine. I think so. I think we're good. Okay. It's not our Tim, best work, but you Yeah. Know. Tim, did you like this episode? I go I've gone back and forth. Like in the middle of the episode, I wanted to give it a star. And then I was like, nah, I can't give it a star. And then and then thinking about it later, I wanted to. And I think where I'm going to have to end up is I, I, I have to give it a star low because okay. I, had a, oh, I, know, I, it's, I know it's a shocker because it doesn't feel like a good episode, but 
And and that dog, that fourth storyline with the dog, if that hadn't been there, it might even be a full star because I got a lot of good laughs out of it. That's that's and I feel like deliberate laughs, too, because I feel like I've gotten a lot of laughs on the throwaway lines, which I don't know. I shouldn't discount as much as one that is deliberate. But, you know, and, and the deliberate nature of them can be debated, too, because they left it in. Obviously, that that's deliberate. You know, it, it and it's weird because it doesn't move the you know, for a 10 episode series to have an episode like this that does not move the overarching storyline. Story it's at weird. All is weird. It's really yeah. weird, especially like almost halfway through the season, episode four of a 10 episode season. Yeah. And we were talking last week how it felt like a bridge episode, but, but the bridge, there's like a jump in the middle of the bridge. You need to be driving the general Lee to get over this bridge because the bridge is this, like the hole is, is this episode. Is, is this the mid air episode? <laughs> yes. This is, you're in the middle of the air on the bridge. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, but I don't, I, something about it i still really liked maybe because larry was so right and i felt um you know that maybe the star low will defend his his positions and and he deserves it for standing his ground uh, i i don't know why i i liked it so much but i hope i've tried to explain it just a little bit because there were there were scenes that i i really thought were hilarious like him talking to jeff about going peeing 20 times a day and reading the whole new york times in that uh during that time <laughs> I think that's when I started almost writing a star, and then I was like, well, let me see how the rest of it plays out. So <laughs> what, what about you? It sounds like it doesn't deserve anything. I, I will just say, and I, I think you can get my uh, my tone of review uh, after I say this, I feel dumber for having watched this episode, and I <laughs> wish I could get the time back. Oh my gosh, wow. I, I, I can't even describe how much I didn't enjoy this episode. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm like... It, the, the the credits started rolling with frolic playing and i'm like wow that wasn't funny at all that was um that was an episode <laughs> i can totally like, i like, i like totally Grace agree with that too. <laughs> she started watching the episode with me and went upstairs five minutes in and i'm like okay yeah it's it, it maybe it's just not her it's just not her yeah. cup of tea it, it'll it'll get better it'll get better yeah and then it didn't <laughs> Yeah, I can I can see that too. Tomorrow I might feel that way and go, "What the hell was I thinking?" But <laughs> we might we might have another retcon review. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I can't just I, I again just like well you yeah you can't put into words how much you disliked it, and I can't tell you why I did like it in in any sort of concrete <laughs> terms. So this episode is an enigma for sure. <laughs> Maybe oh, you'll wake Lord. up tomorrow going. Ah, let me watch Man, it again. that episode is so see. good. I want to yeah. watch it again. I don't think that's going to happen for me. Let me give it another chance. Let me just see. <laughs> oh my god! All right, all right. I, I, I think we, I think we should probably land this, land this baby. That um, good. Next week we've got season four, episode five, the Five Wood. Original air date February first, two thousand and four. And if you are looking at TV Guide that night, you are going to see Larry's working relationship with David Schwimmer and his golf club membership are threatened i love i don't know if we're gonna like it at the end of it but right now i love the way they tied them together because that's something we always try to do like all right larry screws up blank and blank like that's you know yeah uh, <laughs> we, and we always try to come up with a word like threatened you know yeah. oh, it's, it's good right now but maybe the episode's not about that at all we'll have to find out next week <laughs> <laughs> all right is that it yeah i think that is it all right for no hugging no learning i'm tim murphy i am ted hollowell be good 